welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. seek him and uh, we need to let him know how much we appreciate it every day praise God John the fifth chapter this evening if you will scripture that talks about the lame man at the gate uh, the pool of Bethsaida the sheep gate sheep market and uh, the thing that's amazing about this story if you'll just give me a side couple minutes here verse 9 after Jesus works a miracle in this man's life immediately the criticism starts And uh, he commanded this man to take up his bed and walk. And particularly here it says, on the same day was the Sabbath. And they were critical of the Lord because, first of all, they were critical of the man for carrying his bed. Second of all, they were critical of Jesus because he did this work on the Sabbath. And... uh, There were two charges that were brought against Jesus for healing, if I might say, on the wrong day. I'm glad God can heal any day of the week. I'm glad that God's not restricted. In fact, even in that day and time, there were no medical practices that were permitted on the Sabbath other than trying to save somebody's life. Thank God they did that. Amen. But the Pharisees had added many oral traditions to the written law. The first was there would be no no burden bearing would be allowed. People could not even carry a needle in their garments or their clothing. They could not write anything. They couldn't even turn their lamp out on the Sabbath. But Jesus said, you know what? You stick to those traditions. I'm going to go out here and change somebody's life. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Praise God. There's nobody like the Lord. So let me tell you right now, he is a seven day a week God, 24 hours a day. Whatever you need, God's able to fulfill that for you. Amen. And so here in this chapter uh, five, I want to begin reading in verse one uh, through nine. Amen. 
If you are there, say amen. amen. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market or the sheep gate a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethsaida. You know what that means? You know what Bethsaida means? It means the house of mercy. Everybody say the house of mercy. Had five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick folks, impotent folk, of blind, halt, lame, those that were withered or paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down in a certain season or a certain time into the pool and he'd stir it up. And whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole, whatsoever disease they had. Everybody say, what, whatever it was, they were made whole. A certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years, and Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been now a long time in that, that condition. And he said to him, Wilt thou be made whole? Or do you want, I've preached this before, do you want to be made whole? How many wants your problem solved tonight? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have nobody when the water is stirred up to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, and in other words, when I'm trying to get there, another steppeth down before me. How frustrating can that be for a long period of time when you knew one time a year the angel was going to stir the water. And it seems like when maybe you're almost there, somebody else steps in and that's gone. Jesus saying to him, rise. Take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole. He was made well, took up his bed and walked. It's amazing they put this here. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Don't get quiet on me tonight. The same day was the Sabbath. Amen. Jesus basically was saying, whatever your traditions are, whatever you have decided they're going to be, I supersede that. And I'm going to do a work right here in front of you to show you what God is capable of doing even on the Sabbath. Praise God. Everybody say amen. amen. Let's pray right now, Lord God. We thank you for this time again that we have. We ask God that you will minister to us tonight. God, that you would touch us, whatever our need is in the building, Lord. In the next few moments, I pray, God, that you will... Let our lives be enlightened, amen, that we can believe you for whatever we're facing, whatever is concerned in our lives. I pray, God, that you would minister to us. Let our ears be open, our hearts be open, our eyes be open. Let us receive what you would speak to us tonight in your wonderful name and everybody say in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, you might say, Pastor, that's pretty, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a passage of scripture that we all pretty much know. Amen. In Sunday school, we teach that. Uh, and uh, uh, I remember as a kid growing up, and our flannel boards, and, and the teachers would tell the stories, and, and uh, many stories that we all kind of are familiar with have come sometimes from those Bible lessons that we were taught as young people. But tonight, I, 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 rather than speak on a subject that 
we're all pretty familiar with, hopefully familiar with. Uh, my objective is to share with you uh, three simple facts about faith. Do we have faith? Praise God. I, I, I want to start tonight, if I can, if you'll bear with me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get through this. Amen. But, but I want to give you some, somewhat of a humorous illustration. There were two nuns that were driving through the countryside when they ran out of gas. Has anybody ran out of gas? Yeah, I knew my daughter would raise her hand. How do you run out of gas with a brand new car? I'll leave that alone. So they walked to a nearby farmhouse for help, and that kind farmer said they could siphon some gas out of his tractor and go on their way. However, they could not find anything to carry the gas in until the farmer produced a battered old chamber pot. Now, how many of you older folks know what a chamber pot is? There you go. So for those that don't know or have never heard or seen a chamber pot, basically it is an antique bedpan. And for those who still don't understand what a chamber pot is, let me put it to you this way. It's something like a porty potty. So the nuns, the nuns filled that pot with gas and walked back to their car and they began to pour the gas into their gas tank. At that time there was a passing motorist that came by. Hardly believing what he saw, he stopped and he said to the two nuns, he said, I don't agree with your religion, but... I admire your faith. Now, if you don't get that, just think about the Lord turning water to wine. There's a lot of ideas about faith and how faith works in one's life. And there's an endless supply of, of sayings, quaint sayings, and, and material that you can read about faith on that subject. Some will give us hope. And others, especially when we've hoped in and trusted God for it, does not happen. And it a lot of times causes us to stumble and reconsider what we thought, what we thought we knew about faith. On one side, you have something defining faith simply as that which enables you to believe the, that the refrigerator light really does go off when you shut the door. <clears throat> Go off somebody say amen. amen. On the other side you might find this. One young daughter asked her mom. She said mommy do all fairy tales begin with once upon a time? The mother said matter of factly no darling some of them begin when I became a Christian all my problems were over. A man was having a cup of coffee after a church service. The people around him were discussing the sermon on miracles and someone asked him, do you believe that Jesus actually turned water into wine? His response was simply this, I'm a beginner, I'm new at this, I'm a beginner. I, I can't speak about his turning water into wine yet, but in a few weeks I, that I've known Christ, he's managed to turn my beer into furniture and my bedding slips into groceries. Did you get that? 
So I'm not sure what your faith, uh, your idea of faith is on a personal level, but here are tonight a few simple things that, that, that I want us to tap into, things that I've learned about, you've learned about down through the way. Number one, we have to understand that, that, that just like in the scripture here, Jesus will come. How many believes that tonight? We say, yeah, we know he's going to come again. He's going to come and take us into himself. No, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about in the real now, right now. Whatever you're going through, you need to have faith that, that whatever I'm going through, Jesus is going to show up. Jesus is going to come. Jesus is going to be there for me. Amen. The first fact that you learn is that, that, that if I need him, he's going to come to me. And it was here in our text we read of a great number of disabled people who was laying around uh, the, the pool and, uh, of, of Bethsaida, <clears throat> attracted by a faint hope, a faint hope, amen, that if they can get in that water, when the water is stirred, if they can be the first one, they're going to be healed. They're going to be made well. And it was here to this place that Jesus was also attracted. And he offered a man, somebody, a touch by showing up. The kind of healing that, that went beyond the physical needs of disbelief or disabled, disabledness. The subject of the Lord's attention had been going there for 38 years. This man had showed up for 38 years with no positive results from it. But he showed up. He showed up. Everybody shout, he showed up. And after 38 years, this man's problem had become a way of life. How many of you ever felt like a lot of your needs in your life has just become a way of life? Amen. You get close, but you don't get it all, you don't get all the way there. You pray and nothing really happens. No, no, nobody had ever helped this guy before. Amen. Nobody, nobody in 38 years, he could He said, I can't find anybody to help me when the water stirred to get me to the water. He had no hope of ever being healed and, and, and no desire to help himself. Amen. The man was paralyzed right in the sight of healing. Paralyzed right there just a few feet away from his miracle. But he got to a place to where... He was losing hope. The faith wasn't there. He just figured after so long that this is the way it's always going to be. His situation looked hopeless. That is until the day that Jesus made his way through the crowd to that pool of Bethsaida. The house of mercy. And among all those trying to be healed, Jesus found the one, the one who could not Help himself. You know, sometimes we'll sit around and we'll get down and, 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 and our faith is, a, a, you know, kind of flourishing around and, and, and we kind of are groping around in the darkness. Why? Because we may look and see somebody else being touched by God or somebody else being touched by God. And sometimes we, we get that hopelessness in us that says, you know, uh, uh, is he ever going to touch me uh, or can I ever find him uh, or is he interested in me or does he love me? This man went for 38 years and finally Jesus shows up right there to minister to his need. 
Among all those trying to be healed, Jesus found this one man that could not help himself. So I'm here to declare to you, no matter how trapped you feel in your infirmities, God can minister your, to your deepest needs. Whatever it is that you need, my God can minister to that need. If you believe that tonight, clap your hands and shout unto the Lord. Come on, shout it out. God can minister to my deepest needs. Come on, shout it out. God can minister to my needs. God can minister to my needs. So don't let a problem or hardship cause you to lose hope or lose faith in your prayer unto God. Amen. Why? 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 Why do you say don't lose hope, Lord? It's been a long time. Amen, Lord. I, I've been trying to get there, Lord. I, I just, man, I'm, I'm flaying, flaying around. I, I, I don't know. I can't do it on my own. Amen. But let me stop and tell you this right now. Keep on. Keep on. Why? Because God may have a special work for you to do in spite of your condition or even because of your condition. Amen. God could come up and say, you know what? It's time right now, amen, to touch your life. Amen. Because I've got something special for you to do. Pastor, you don't understand. I'm, I'm, I'm too old for that. No, we can't lean on that too old stuff. Amen. Because God can still help us and use us, uh, amen, in our latter years uh, to reach somebody's life. And if nothing else, to tell them, look what the Lord have done in my life. I'm here today because of the Lord. And you younger folks that might think, well, I've got time down the road to do all that kind of stuff. No, you don't. You need to take the time now, amen, to realize what God has done for you and begin to tell others what God can do for them. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. Understand, in spite of your condition, amen, or because of your condition, God has a work for you. Amen. Many have ministered more effectively, amen, to hurting people because they themselves have triumphed over their own hurts. You say, what can I do? Well, amen, if you've ever been through a battle or two, you'll understand, amen, that what God has done for you. Maybe you have been through something that somebody you're talking to that you've been, that they're going through what you've been through. What better way to be able to witness to them or talk to them or help them, amen, by being able to say, hey, I know what you're going through. Not because you just say, hey, I know what you're going through and you don't know, but you know because of the hurts and, 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 the, and, and, and the sicknesses or whatever that you are facing or you have faced, amen. You will be able to say, say, God, use me in that realm, amen, because I overcame. Help me to minister to somebody else that they can overcome. Because to be sure, your response to the Lord when he arrives will determine the outcome of your situation. But you can rest assured, Jesus will come. Jesus will come. And you and I need to be ready to respond when he comes. Right? Amen. Everybody say, he will come. Say it loud. He will come. And when he comes, number two, he will meet your need. That's the second simple thing here about faith. 
that I want to share to you this evening. Yeah, familiar story, but, but I, 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 want to, I, want to, I want us to grab a hold of this and understand that there is no certain time specified for him to meet your need. He doesn't come down and say, when you pray, I'm going to show up and meet your need. Amen. Amen. Why, why do you say that tonight? Because time is of no essence to him. <laughs> right? Amen. But if you will just stay at it and you pray and you believe and you have faith and you know, number one, that God's going to show up and number two, I'm going to be ready when he shows up. I don't know when it's going to be, but I know he said he'll show up and I believe that. Amen. I know it's his time, in his time, not my time, because if it's my time, I'm going to want him right now all the time. And we pray that way. Sometimes we pray, God, I need you now. And sometimes God shows up at that moment. Amen. But there's sometimes that he don't show up at that moment. And that's when we need to dig in and say, you know what, Lord? Amen. I still believe that, that you are who you are. I still believe that you're going to come. I still believe that you are a healer. I still believe that you're a savior. I still believe that you can change the hearts and lives of men. I'm still going to believe it. And I'm going to wait for that time. I'm going to be patient for that time that you come. So, when Jesus saw this crippled man lying there, he knew. He already knew that this man had been there for a long time. He knew what his condition was. And the only thing Jesus was concerned with, not the fact, he didn't need his whole life story. He didn't, need, he didn't need him to tell him why he was the way he was. He didn't need to tell him that he had been there. He knew 38 years. He's, this guy's been here in this condition. He's tried. Oh, no, no. That's not what he walked up. and He didn't walk up and say, hey, tell me your story. No, Jesus walked up and said, simply, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be healed? Now, you can keep on waiting, amen, for the troubled waters to try to get in or try to find somebody to help you. But I'm asking you right now, do you want to be healed? See, it was his time. Jesus showed up. He was there. He just asked him a question. Do you want to be made whole? Amen. Well, Lord, you don't understand. I've been here for 38 years, and I don't have anybody to help me in the water when the water is stirred. No, it's not, that's not the point. Amen. I am the resurrection of life. Amen. I am the healer. I'm God manifesting the flesh. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? Amen. See, we need to understand that the amount of time that we spend, amen, in, the pre, in, in our present condition does not limit God's ability to heal us or fix our situation I'm not going to preach long tonight but I want us to get this it may be that you've been struggling with your problem for a long time maybe that that problem has been there on your left shoulder for a long time Maybe the words of faith have been preached. We've danced, we've talked in tongues, we've, we've ran the aisles, we've shouted, we've sang, we've did all that, but that problem persists. That problem is still there. We're still facing that problem. Amen. We're still, we're still there all these years later. But it does not. You've got to keep telling yourself, it, because I'm still in this situation, it does not limit the ability of God to change my situation. Amen. I really believe God can meet your need tonight. Right now, I believe He can meet your need. It's not about you. Right? Come on, say it's not about me. 
It's not about me. Amen. We understand that Jesus will come. We understand he'll meet, meet our needs. Uh, but we also have to understand it's not about me. I would rather be praying about somebody else's needs. I would rather be ministering to somebody else. I would rather be talking to somebody else about the wonder-working power of God. Yes, I have needs. Amen. But I'm, I'm more interested in somebody else's needs than my own needs. That's the way we all need to address it. It's not all about us. But let me say this about this third fact about faith. Amen. That we need to understand. You don't have to know it all. For Jesus to meet your needs. You don't have to be in Bible studies every day of the week. You don't have to be in a church service. You don't have to be this, this super uh, uh, computer uh, filled with knowledge of, of everything about the Word of God. For God to work a miracle in your life. Amen. Understand that. You don't have to know it all. Amen. For the Lord to touch you. You don't have to have some revelation or some doctrinal truth or some deep understanding of the word of God. Amen. Understand, when you come to the house of God, there is no secret handshakes or some kind of a code or some kind of a ritual that, that we go through and that's how you get God to, to talk to you and answer your problems. You don't even have to know all the details about your own problems. Amen. He knows before you ever ask. All he's wanting you to do and me to do is answer the question. Do we want to be made whole? And the paralyzed man had one important trait that a lot of us lack. He knew he needed help. How are you doing today? Oh, man, things are peaches and cream, man. Everything's great, man. We're just, whoop, we're going right along. Everything's great. Everything hunky-dory. Man, God, oh, yeah, hallelujah. Sometimes we skip over that, and we don't want to acknowledge that we do have problems. We don't want to acknowledge that we need help. We don't want to acknowledge that we need a Savior. We feel like, you know, hey, I, I, you know, I don't care how long we've been in church. We're going to have issues. We're going to have concerns. We're going to have problems. But we got to be able to admit it. we got to be able to step there and say, you know what? I don't have, I don't have what it takes. I, 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 don't have, I don't have what I need right now to get what I need. But, but, but Jesus said, you don't need all this other stuff. You just need to answer the question, do you want to be made whole? He knew he needed help. And not only was he unable to help himself, he also hadn't been able, understand this, he hadn't, Brother Tyler, been able to persuade anybody else to help him. What an indictment. God has placed you and I in such a time and for such a time as this to where we position ourselves in that place where when somebody is in need, I don't want them to go away and say to the Lord, I have no one to help me. 38 years, I have nobody to help me. 
Amen. We need to adopt the, the understanding and the, and, the, and, 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 and the faith that says, God, amen, put me in that place where when somebody's in a situation and somebody's in the middle of a sickness or somebody's struggling in their life or whatever's going on to them, God, amen, don't, help me to be uh, sensitive enough to know that, that, that I don't want to leave them in that condition, but I want to come to them and help them to find you and find your touch, know who you are. I think that's what you and I need to pray more of. God, help me to be there for the wounded, the downtrodden, those that are weak, those that are suffering. God, help me to be able to be sensitive enough where they can say, hey, I'm in trouble. And I don't dodge them and I don't walk away from them and I don't walk around them and I don't leave the dead in the gutter and and just, just presume they're dead, and I, don't, I, I walk on the other side knowing that they're injured, but I can't touch them, and I can't go near them because they're a wounded person, and they're, they're going to die. And, and finally, somebody that wasn't even a part of the fold. We call him the Good Samaritan. Puts him up on his beast, takes him to the end, tells the guy, hey, I'll pay you whatever. I'll be back. You take care of this guy, nurse him back to health, and I'll come back and pay you. Amen. We need to get a hold of that that says, Lord, let your spirit move in me uh, to the point that it drives me, uh, amen, to where I can be persuaded by somebody, amen, to help them along the way. And as you read the scripture here, apparently the religious leaders who were so quick to judge his failure to keep the Sabbath had not been nearly as quick to obey God's clear, not their words, but God's clear Old Testament commands about helping those in need. I could preach a message on that right now. There are people in need and, and, and all they're looking is for somebody just to help them. In that moment, he had nobody Jesus said, let's don't worry about that anymore. Do you want to be made whole? Amen. Let me ask you that same question. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want God to do something for you tonight? Are you willing to get in his presence because he is here? What's that song we sing? Uh, we don't sing it much anymore. Amen. But we used to sing it. Jesus is here right now. Reach out and touch him. Jesus is here Right now, only believe. He's here right now to touch your life. He's here to respond to you. All he's wanting is for you to respond to him. If you believe that, clap your hands tonight and praise him. So in contrast to all this, we are surrounded with so many supports, so many buffers that we may live without ever facing our ability to save ourselves. The Bible says that we need to save ourselves from this untoward generation. They're not going to save you. They're not going to change your life. 
you pattern your life or listen to them, they're just going to drag you right along with them. But you need to turn your ear and your eyes on him. You need to focus on what he has for you so that you in turn can take what he gives you and encourage somebody else. Understand, Jesus didn't choose the ones who were pushing forward. He went directly to the person who had almost given up hope. He went to a desperate person who didn't have to be convinced he needed help. That paralyzed man had reached the end, as we would say, of his rope. And when Jesus came by, it was a different story. Even after talking to him for a few moments, he was ready to respond. How many understands that fact tonight? Amen. How many times have you read in the Word of God where he said, It's your faith, thy faith hath made thee whole. Folks, sometimes it just means that when he comes by your way, you just you need to acknowledge that and just realize that, Lord, amen, it's by your grace. Amen. It's by your touch that I can be changed. Amen. See, God, 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 you know, we ask a question, does God have to wait until we are desperate before he hears from us? No, we need to be talking to God. I'm closing with this. We need to be talking to God. Amen. All along the way. It's almost like, you know, somebody that, that's in a car, they don't really talk to the Lord, but man, when something, when an accident about ready to happen, what's the first thing they do? Jesus! It's kind of funny, but sometimes I think you probably go, whoa, I haven't heard from that person in a while. <laughs> I haven't heard from them. Somebody's calling out my name. And so many in our day and time, that's a precious name. Everybody say precious name. Turn to your neighbor and say his name is precious. Don't use it in vain. Come on, turn to him and say that name is precious. Don't use it in vain. People that get out there and they get spooked or things like that happen and the first thing they want to say is, I can't even say it. They call his name. It's like, ah. Maybe some of you say it every now and then. I don't know. But don't do that. Don't do that. When you call on his name, it needs to be, I'm fixing to have a conversation. We're fixing to talk. And you know what? He is as close as the mention of his name. And I do believe that if you have a conversation with him and you're in a situation and you call on his name, He's going to show up. Amen. 
I also believe the scripture when it says there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And so when we talk to him and we repent and we address him and we say, Lord, I need forgiveness of my sin. I am so sorry, amen, for the way that I've lived. I'm sorry for the sins in my life. And, and we have faith in his word. He said, amen, he is number one, a rewarder that diligently seek him. But, but he's also one that will forgive you, the only one that can forgive you uh, of your sin. So when you talk to him and you say, Jesus, I need forgiveness of my sins. He's the only one that can take care of that issue. And can I say this to you? That's the number one thing above heart disease, cancer, any other ailment that you've got in your body. All those things, it just affects the body. But when you're talking about eternal life, when you're talking about repentance, baptism in His name, being filled with His Spirit, we're talking about eternal life. He said, don't be afraid of those that can tear your body down. But you need to really be afraid of the one that can destroy your body and your soul. So we need to talk to Him and say, Lord, above all else, number one, I want that good relationship with You. I want, I want to be on first name basis, Lord. I want to be able to talk to you, amen, no matter what time of day it is. I want, us, I, want, I want us to be familiar with one another. So when I call on your name, you hear and you respond and stand together. Amen. So I ask you this night, amen, on the 16th of October, 2022 with the world in the situation that it's in and so many people looking for that answer so many people looking for that answer I'm here to tell you tonight that you can find him right here in this place he's come here to touch somebody Somebody's got a need that he wants to minister to tonight. But he's asking you the simple question. Do you want it? Do you want to be made whole? Do you want my touch? Do you want change in your life? So I'm going to open these altars. They're going to sing. But we're going to open these altars right now for you to come. Raise your hands and begin to address the Lord. Talk to him. Because he's in this place tonight. Whatever you need. Amen. Amen. Make your petition known. Mountains are still being moved. He's here to minister to you. Strongholds are still being loose. He's here to touch you. God, we He's here to change you. Yes, we can see wonders of you. Mountains are still being moved. Be loosed. God, we believe. Yes, we can see. Raise your voice, raise your hands. Talk to Him. He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us.